Uh, hi, I'm Greg McDonald, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. And sadly, it's our end of season podcast. East Fife's brave attempt to get promoted. I'm happy enough to say that. The fighting spirit shown from the team the, the last few weeks, I think, has been tremendous. It all came undone in Hamilton on Friday night against Clyde with another battling performance. The I think everyone feels that the team left everything on the pitch. Fans stayed at the end to applaud the team off the pitch. And I think I think that's what makes it worse, Lee. It just makes it all the more gutting because we know we gave it our all. We came so close and it's just the the fine lines, the small margins that turn games and that was the case there. Yeah, I mean, for me... I kind of went into the game on Friday or before the game anyway, like I was speaking to like my dad and Isla and Isla was telling me that she was really nervous. My dad was telling me that he was really nervous. And I was a bit like, well, for me, we've, we've not really got anything to lose. Um, you know, I was at, at times I thought that there was a chance that we were going to be in a different kind of playoff. So it was, you know, I'm not just saying it was just nice to be there. Obviously you want to win it, but I was a bit like, well, we're 1-0 down. We're going to have to go for it. Um, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Um, but then we scored first, mm. and my whole perspective of it changed. And it's it's just like like typical East Fife, you know. You, you you go from being sort of flat to the peak, and then they score, which was coming to be fair. And you you go straight down. Um, but yeah, the 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 joys of being a a supporter of a lower league team, right? Yeah. Uh, you still feeling gutted, Gordon, or two days later you got a bit more positive perspective? This will set the tone for the rest of this episode with whatever you answer here. I think I went into it with a pretty similar uh, kind of feeling to Lee, I think, and a similar kind of journey through the two games. I felt that I didn't have... Like, it wasn't necessarily going into the playoffs going thinking like, oh, we, we, you know, we need to go up. And if we don't go up, you know, that's a bad season. I'd kind of felt, we'd, we'd said in previous weeks, I felt getting fourth was good. Playoffs, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to win them. But I wasn't going in with that kind of expectation. I thought it's been a good season. If we don't, we don't win the playoffs, that's kind of fine. 
Um, obviously, the first game, you know, we didn't play very well. We got beat. And I think for me, that did take a lot of the sort of nervousness or feeling like the, the second leg was a bit of pressure. I, I kind of felt like we were probably going to go out and I was kind of okay with that. I thought that's still, it's not going to ruin the season or anything like that. But it was exactly the same thing. Scored after 10 minutes, we were playing brilliantly and suddenly you go, oh, I, I think we might win it now. Um, so for then for, for it to get kind of turned around at the end, yeah, probably was a bit more gutting than I thought it would be if I knew we weren't going to make it through anyway, because you just felt like we could have done that. Um, and the way we played on Friday, you felt we could have beat Clyde. We could have been going into a final with a, a, a bit of optimism. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I, th- I think it's the same as going into the start. I still think it's a good season. I wasn't sort of having massive ex- expectations for the playoffs. Um, performance on Friday was, particularly first half, very, very good. And I think, you know, the applause that the players got at the end, you know, I think that's a kind of fair reflection. I think generally the fans are quite pleased with the season, quite pleased with the squad. Um, So not necessarily ending on a bad note. I, I think if you've gone into a game or two games like this and you've come away from it feeling, well, the guys gave their all and I'm proud of what they did on there. I think that does kind of like ease the the blow a little bit. But we'll get into that game. We'll talk about some of the other playoffs in the lower leagues. We'll have a look forward now to next season, which, like listening to Greg McDonald's post-game, the guys are going to be back at it in pre-season training in less than four weeks. And you're like, Jesus, just gets shorter and shorter every single year now. So we'll get into all of that. A lot of chat to come. We'll try and be positive. It's not going to be doom and gloom. And we'll be back with all of that after we hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. We are Maze Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and Mays Mortgages for their support all season long. As we always say, they've supported us, they support East Fife, go and support them. And of course now we'll be looking for sponsors for next season. So hit us up, same guys, different guys, we're all ears, as Dumbo used to say back in the day. But we'll get back into the football chat and you look at these two games and as Gordon said there, I think after that first game where you've had the the defeat at Bayview, a lot of fans, although it was like, oh, we're still very much in this, it's just one goal. I think they thought of 
we have a, a bit of a chance, but you were kind of partly resigned that you might be going out. What I think is the most pleasing aspects of the the second leg for me, the fighting spirit of the team, just to play the, the team, the confidence, the support that they got, but also it, I think it shows that there isn't really a gap between those at the bottom of League 1 and those at the top of League 2. And it's going to be interesting to see how the actual playoff final shapes up. We could still have Clyde coming down to play us next year, but if we'd gone up, I was worried that we were going to get hammered. But if you've got a couple of clubs, at least, that you can kind of feel, that you can kind of cling on to and be there or thereabout, that would be a that would be a, at least a fighting chance for you to stay up. I don't think not going up is the worst thing in the world. A season to kind of consolidate, look at this season as a season to consolidate. We've got Greg McDonald, Greg McDonald now that can build his own squad going forward. Use this summer transfer window to get rid of some guys that he can get rid of depending on contracts and build the squad that's going to play the kind of football that he wants to, to go. So I think there is a lot of positives looking forward, Lee. Yeah, definitely. And going back to your question about like going up and stuff, I think you should always be ambitious and want to go up and obviously going at a bigger league, there's a lot of teams with bigger crowds, gives us a bigger budget. You know, you never know what you can go in and achieve. Um, but Gordon Henderson, my esteemed colleague, pointed out a fantastic little factoid to me. Um, that, that you're stealing so that he can actually say it yeah, on the him. show. Fuck him, yeah. The last time that we finished fourth in League Two, the following season we won the league. I, I saw he posted that and I was going to say that in my preamble there. I thought, I'll leave that for Gordon to say. Nah, fuck him, Michael. Yeah. yeah. That's just that's <laughs> well, shockingly. I'm... Well, actually... It was the last two times. Two times. Fourth, I thought so you were going to say, actually, league. I was incorrect. No. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was talking shite. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to... Because <laughs> it's like, no one's going to fact check that. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll be fine. So, yeah, that so was... The last it. two times. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if there's ever been an omen, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Greg's shown that in particular, if you have a look at the, the January transfer window, that he, he knows he's got an eye for a player and, and he could add some quality. So I'm looking forward to seeing the, the team that he puts together for, for next year. And back to you, again, the question about the, the difference in the quality. I mean, Clyde were a very poor side. I mean, we literally dominated, the particularly the first half. The, the, the football we were playing was some of the best I've seen from these five teams. I, was, I said that to, to Gordon and everyone around us were playing that sort of one-touch pass move. As, as soon as I seen the pitch at Hamilton, I was like, this is going to suit our style of play perfectly because it just we could just spray the ball out to the wings um, and, and then all the space that was there. So, yeah, I mean, Clyde are poor. Annan will demolish them over two legs. I mean, I'm pretty confident of a, a three-four swing uh, go swing from from Annan over those two games. Interesting. I, I mean, Gordon, do, do you go into next season now with some optimism? I mean, when you you think what we were kind of thinking around December January time, and it was like, oh, what end of the table are we going to look at? I, I think it's been a refreshing end to the campaign, and there are a lot of positives, and a lot is of course going to depend upon what squad movements we do both in and out as well as what other teams do round about us 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think part part of the reason I'm not overly disappointed with going into the playoffs is because I am quite optimistic about next season. Um, like, I, I agree with Lee. If 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 we'd gone up, I would have loved that, and you you take that. But mm. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic for next season. Um, you know, a lot of that is to do with the young guys. You, you kind of forget that for a lot of them, this is probably the first real kind of full first team starting most game season they've had. Um, for some of them, it's maybe like their second. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of reason to, to think that, you know, they'll have gained a lot of experience from this season and they'll come back stronger and hopefully we'll keep uh, the majority of them. Um, I think last, particularly last summer, you know, I don't know the details of it, but I think the impression a lot of people got was potentially that we you know, in terms of the recruitment of maybe more experienced players, maybe we, we missed out on a couple of positions that we we kind of wanted. So I think... I mean, all know, season if, long we talked about we need an experienced centre-back. Mm. And I, I guess we got pagey towards the end, but I'm not really sure that's the guy that we had in mind when we were talking about that. So I think if we can, if we can keep the majority of what we've got and just add, you know, I don't think we're that far away from... If we could, if the players we've got can kind of improve a bit, we can add just maybe one or two. Um, and I think over the season, particularly when you know when going from that bad patch to the kind of the good run that we had at the end, it did seem like we kind of found a way of playing and a system that suited us. And I, I think that was a big part of the kind of improvement. And I think if you look at that last part of the season, um, we were right up there on form. We were only really behind Sterling. So I think there is a lot of reason to think that we can have a really good season next season. We can improve on where we've finished this season and hopefully kind of have a really good go at, at the league because whatever happens with the two playoffs, there isn't there isn't looking like there's anybody in there who you go, oh yeah, they're going to finish above us. They're going to be really strong. It looks like it could be another season where it's kind of there. It's there to go for. Mm. Um, so, no, I mean, maybe this is just like, you know, I'm sure most football fans are the same. As soon as, as soon as one season's over, you think, oh, we'll win the league next year. But, um, no, I think I'm kind of optimistic about next season. I think if Clyde come down, I don't know what their money situation is like now, but you would feel if they come down, they're, going to feel they have to go up right away and maybe spend a bit big and because of their location they've got a big catchment area to try and attract players that maybe don't want to travel very far Dumbarton I think this was their season that they tried to go for it and it hasn't worked out I'm not sure how much money then the owners are going to want to splash to get them out of that league so yeah I mean it's an interesting one one of the refreshing things for me this year was their away form which was phenomenal so then if we can kind of turn it around a little bit at home now and put all that together next year, we'll be a complete package. And it was that away form, I think, that gave some of us hope going into the second leg, which we'll get into now. I think, and you touched on it there, Lee, dominated that first half. I, that was where it kind of fell down for us. We had to get that second goal. We had to turn that domination, turn that chances into the second goal. The the first goal was fantastic from Shep. The through ball from Brogan Walls, absolutely perfectly weighted. And then a great finish from Shepard. 
And then we had the chances after that. Newton's one that the keeper did the great save over from kind of point blank range. It's all, I know it's ifs and buts and if the, the queen had balls, she might be still alive, I don't know, but she <laughs> would be the king. But we just had to capitalise on those chances. And although we did have chances in the second half, that first 45 minutes, Clyde were shell-shocked. They didn't know what had hit them. And that, for me, is where it all fell down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the sort of story of our season, just lamenting missed chances or just that, that sort of, you know, cutting edge, probably. Um, you know, I, th- I think you, you hit the nail on the head, the finish from Shep. Um, great run as well. Um, he times his run to perfection. Brogan Walls has just been fantastic um, in, in, in recent weeks. What a player he's going to be and what a future he's got ahead of him. Um, the save from the keeper. Yeah, I mean, like over the, the course of the two games where we're the better side, um, you, these, Pye and Bovril, you know, the, the Clyde fans on there saying East Fife are a really good side, you know, and, and one of them actually commented during the game, um, if we get out of this as a travesty. Um, and I kind of felt like that at half time. Second half, they brought on Rennie, and I felt it changed the game for them a bit. I was surprised Maybe. he wasn't starting. That was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, fuck Martin Rennie, to be honest. Not not for not for scoring the goals, but he kisses the badge. Like, mate, come on, you've played like 10 games for Clyde. Get in the fucking sea with that. Um, but yeah, obviously, he, he finds himself in the, the right place at the right time as well, doesn't he? So. Yeah, missed chances. You know, we've we've been through that a, a good few times this this season, and it's kind of it's probably a reflection of our season as a whole. Just not taking the chances when we've got them. There was a few times that we played a lot of really nice like interlinking football, but nobody was prepared to put their laces through it. Um, and one of the other notes that I had written down was Ferguson over the two games just looked really lost. Just. Shunted yeah. out to a position that, that didn't suit him. And I think it, it, some of the opportunities that he'd had to hit a shot, I think had he been in the position he was comfortable with, he might have, might have chanced it. Um, but you could tell that he didn't look comfortable playing where he was playing. Um, and, and that's why he didn't put his laces through it. Gordon, that, that first half performance, just what did you make of it? And it, do you feel, obviously, will point to the sending off has been the big turning point, and it clearly was, but when you're dominating like that, if you don't get the second, it just gives the opposition a, a boost that, oh, we're still in this, we can we can turn this around. We're basically, we're just at nil-nil and it's half-time. Yeah, I mean, you see that over so many games, um, either where, you know, we've been the dominant team and... You know, we're only maybe going in one up or even level, and you see it the other way. You know, Albion Rovers a couple of weeks ago would have said exactly the same thing that they dominated us for forty minutes, only one goal, and you know, gives us that kind of thing of well, you know, we've got away with that, um, and you know that vast majority of games it will swing a little bit. You'll get your chances. So yeah, I think in hindsight, you know, to not. To not have stuck the boot in a little bit harder, you know, even if it was just getting in front, getting that second goal, putting a real bit of pressure on on Clyde, um, you know, I, I think that is a 
you know, you don't want to be too critical. It was a, it was a very good 45 minutes. We, we, we got back in the tie on it, but you do think, yeah, if we could have got that second goal, that might have really changed, changed the game. Um, swung it really in our favour, uh, but we didn't. But it was, it was a very good half. I mean, really, apart apart from the Stranraer game, I think that was, you know, potentially as good, as good a half as we've played all season. It's interesting you're talking about that Albion game. Because, I mean, I'll I'll preface this by saying, obviously, then the Forfar game, we would have had a very different team on the pitch, so we don't know how that one would have played out. But without us getting that win we didn't really deserve against Albion, that is ultimately what put us in the playoffs, and it's also what put Albion Rovers into their playoffs by not getting the win as well. So after such a long season, that one game's just been pivotal for both teams, which is like crazy to think about as well. The the second half, Clyde seemed to come a little bit more into it. Um, they had a couple of chances. Greg said afterwards he didn't remember Fleming having anything to do. He did have a crack and save that he tipped over. And before the sending off, yeah. I think I think he meant or. Because I think yeah, he did have yeah, a couple of yeah, seats, be- but they were after. Yeah, before yeah. the yeah before they sent it off. But there was one that he tipped over about midway through seventy eighth minute, something like that. But then let's let's talk about the the sending off or the two bookings really for for Shepherd. It was a second yellow he got, wasn't it? Because I didn't, yeah. I don't remember seeing the yellow coming out. I just remember seeing the red. That first tackle. Greg said afterwards, the fourth official said to him, yeah, it, it wasn't a booking. I can see why the referee gave it, though, because he flies in pretty reckless. I, it was a, a, an old-fashioned striker's tackle. And I think it's just because he flies in so fast that it makes it look worse than it perhaps was. I've not had a chance to watch the highlights. Does he make contact with the player? It's hard to tell because at, because it's so far away. Yeah, at the time watching it, I was like, in the heat of the moment, it's like it's a yellow, but it's a like it's a, a very soft yellow, and we all know what Napier's like. You know what I mean? Any game you watch him, he's desperate to get his neb in and produce a card. So I mean, there was some of the Clyde tackles where. The, you know, parallel towers, and he wouldn't give them yellows, but it was given to us. He refereed that game like it was beneath him, not really getting involved in the game. Um, I just, I, I thought he was very poor. Um, the second incident I've seen again, and it's a red card. Yeah. So even see, if that's... the first one's, even if the first one's not a yellow, the second one's a red. That's why I was wanting to clarify, because I don't even remember yeah. seeing the yellow out, but when I watched yeah. it back again, I was like, I, I, like, if that was on our guy, I'd be wanting a straight red for the for the other guy. Yeah. You can't um, lead I, like that anymore. No. Um, and, and at the time, I thought, what? why is he sending him off? Like, I just thought he went for a header, but then you see him, and he checks, he, he looks... And then he leads with his elbow, and I'm like, you want to know what? I think he he just he's maybe had a heads gone for a couple of minutes. Um, but the, yeah, even if the first one's not a a yellow card, unfortunately, I think the second one would have probably been a red anyway. Um, 
and look at well, there's there's no point in beating about the bush. It, it changed the game. Yeah, you know, it it, it definitely changed the game. Well, we we were chatting it. in our chat, and it's like we all were like, "That's it. It's gone now." Yeah, it's, it it changed the. It changed the, the sort of trajectory of the game. I thought Clyde were coming into it a little bit, but not not enough that I felt really threatened. But we, it, it just I think we'd already made some subs at that point, and then Aiden Denham's pretty much had to go up front, um, and it just yeah. I, I think if we'd kept eleven men on the park, it would it, at least have gone to penalties. Hmm. What did you make of the two challenges, Gordon? I thought they were both at least yellows. To be fair, I think in watching the the on the night, I felt the first one was a yellow. I thought it was just one of these ones. Like it was just a silly challenge. There was really no need for it. I mean, I think the Clyde player was just you know in his own box, Edgy's box. He was just about to hoof it out the park. Yeah, and he's come. He's coming quick, and I think he's probably just nipped them. Um, so I thought that was a yellow and a, a silly, um, silly challenge. And yeah, look, looking at the the second one again, I think it's like yeah, it's at least a yellow. Um, he's he's jumped up leading with his elbow and he's he's made contact. And I think uh, you really have to say to yourself if that was the other way around, if a Clyde player had made those two challenges, would we have been screaming for cards? Yes, we would have. Um, a bit out of character for Scott Shepherd, I think. I don't think he's picked up too many silly bookings or whatever. But but yeah, I think last night, um, or two nights ago, um, I think it was a fair sending off, and uh, yeah, I think it did change the game. Feel feel bad for him because yeah, I'm sure I mean, he's, he's, I'm sure had he's had such a mixed season. It's mm. been highs, scored, there's been lows, and he scored a great goal. Yeah. Um So you know, it's not it's not about sort of putting any blame anywhere I'm sure he'll be he'll be disappointed when he looks back on it but I think it did uh... I really felt for him because when we went down to clap at the end he looked over to the fans and he just went as in like I'm sorry like he put his hand up sorry I've realised that there's not people watching this but he puts his hands up as almost to say sorry and you know it's it's not his fault right you know, it's it's not his fault that we lost, but obviously the, the red card changes the game, and you know, he's, and like he's hit the nail on the head, he, he scores a he scores a good goal that that brings us into it, and you know, he, he essentially over two games got ragdolled by those centre halves. It must have been frustrating for him, um, and he was getting a lot of stick from the Clyde fans. So. It it did obviously change the game. I I thought. We played well with the 10 men. We had our chances and we had our forays forward and we were still going for it at times. But you were worried, as soon as it was going to extra time, I just didn't see us holding on. And Clyde just found that extra gear and put us under the cosh. In the end, it was a bit of a scrambled goal that that Rennie got that put them over the line. But we still kept pushing, we still kept fighting, but it was just that bit too far and just not getting that second earlier is really what what killed us i mean you saw it as well it looked like quite a few tired bodies out there um you've obviously got your two games in a week you're going down to 10 and we were still creating you know we did create a, a couple of decent chances down to 10 um but it's obviously a hard shift mm. um it feels it a really hard big anyway. pitch as well mm. yeah i think that was a big part of it um 
it was a little bit back and forth, but you could just tell the, the momentum had really shifted to Clyde and we were getting put under pressure. And yeah, it's a hard, hard shift in that circumstance. So it's come to an end. Do you want to do a 3 2 1 from the game? Yeah, I had, I had it written down, so um, I'd quite like to. Okay, well, on you go. So I had um, three points for Brogan Walls. I thought he was honestly fantastic. Um, what an absolute pleasure it is to watch him play football when he's he's on the, the ball as much as he is. Um, I just think he's a, a top player. If, if we could hold on to him beyond the summer, I'll, I'll be really, really surprised. Um, he'll he'll play at the, the highest level in Scotland for sure. So three points to him. Um, I gave two points to Flem. I thought Flem made some really, really big saves. Um, the only reason he's not getting the three was probably the the goal, really. Um, I think that with how quick it happened, um, you know, could he maybe come off his line for it? I'm not sure. Um, obviously, he's a goalkeeper. He'll tell me better. But still giving him two points. I thought it was fantastic. And, he, and Let's let's not get away from it. He's he's been a fantastic player for us this season and made some some wonderful wonderful saves. Um, so two points to him and one point to Conor McManus, um, who again I, I thought was fantastic. He maybe gave the ball away once or, or whatever, but you know I, I made the joke throughout the game that he could play football with Crocs on if he wanted, um, and he would still make them look good. He's a, he's a he's a fantastic player, and I've seen some some comments of people saying that they, that they don't rate him and stuff, and I'm just like I just I don't know how because him coming into the team and our uptick in form is literally hand in hand. You know, he just he's he's very good at winning the ball back when we need to win it back, and being able to pick a pass that that just gets you instantly on the front foot. Um, I think he's a great player and I really hope we've, we've got him next year Gordon what about you? Uh, yeah just kind of had a quick top of the head there I went for the same 3-2 three, three for Walls really good performance and beautiful beautiful ball uh, for that goal 2-2 to Flem yeah he made a lot of saves uh, over the course of the the evening and he's been excellent this season uh, gave the one point to Jack Healy. I thought he was. I thought he had a really good game again. He was, you know, kind of menaced them all night. We looked, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the kind of times we looked most dangerous. It was him, um, and he had a few decent balls in the box, which is good to see. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, McManus had a good game. Thought um, Quinn also had a very good game. There's a few players Pagey. that they won. Pagey Pagey was a very good one. game. Liam Newton had a good game. Steely had yeah. a good game. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's nobody that you're looking at on the back of that performance, thinking they had a, a Western Super. You know, like the, the, there was nobody no. that you really put in that category. And and just echoing your your Jack Healy comments, not only was his going forward game good, he did so well at tracking back. And if yeah. he can if he can keep doing that next season, if we still have him, then you know there's is a great part to add to his game. And, you know, you, you could see his reaction when he gets subbed off. And there's there's two ways that people look at it, that he's throwing his toys at the pram, or is it that he just really cares? Um, and I think that there's there's probably a, you know, a, a, maybe a fine line in it, but, you know, that, that boy fought over the two games completely for the cause. Um, and you've got to take your hats off to him. And, and 
they shifted him out to a different wing as well. So uh, you know when he's been used to having to cut in on his right hand, on his, his right hand, I hope not his right foot, um, and, and giving us that chance to score a goal, it actually meant that he, he had to more go on the the outside and, and try and get a cross in, which was great. And again, we have a, a striker with that sort of sniff for a goal or sniff an opportunity to, to throw their cell in the end to score a goal, then we might have got more out of it. So we'll have a little bit of a look forward to next year, obviously a very early look, and we'll, we'll have a look at some players we might want to keep, some we might want to move on, where we feel the gaps in the squad are. But before we get to that, just want to look around uh, the rest of the playoff action. And I think I said this last year when we did this as well, Like when the playoffs first came in, I wasn't a big fan, never really been a big fan of playoffs. I hate the playoffs over here because it just makes the regular season pointless, really. You just have to, like here, it, in the Western Conference for the Whitecaps, you just have to get in the top nine from 14 teams, and you're in the, the playoffs, and it's like, oh, fuck, just stupid. go in. Um, but in Scotland, although I didn't like it, and I think it was, first of all, really the English playoffs that got me quite into the playoffs, because they've been exciting over the years. And the Scottish ones as well have really, really grown in me, and I, I'm glad we have them. Just what are your feelings on that? Would you prefer just the top two go up, top two go down, or do you like the fact that there's more teams involved, but it could also mean a team that's just scraped in at fourth ends up getting promoted? No, I take, take the playoffs. I really like them. Um, I, I would feel differently if the top team was also involved. Like, Top team goes up, bottom team comes down. Yeah. But in a 10-team league, like, to me, it's like it's, it's not written in stone that if you finish second, you deserve to go up. If you finish first, you deserve to go up in mm-hmm. 10-team league. But um, I know it's not it's strictly more fair to say two up, two down. But I, I think it's been really exciting. I think it makes the league... You know, it gives you more to, more to play for. Um, some Sometimes two teams can kind of run away with it. It's not that interesting. Um, and they're great value. I mean, this season in particular. I mean, obviously, our playoff was pretty much like the, the least dramatic. Oh, it, yeah. it's, been, it's been mental. Every playoff, there's been something, whether it's you know loads of goals, huge wins, big comebacks. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching the finals on TV. Yeah, because um, they're all on TV as well, yeah. which is good because I can get to watch all the, the stuff as well. Let, let's look at the other one in the, the Scottish League One playoff then. So yeah. I, I think going into it, we all fancied that Annan could turn Dumbarton over. And then obviously they had that 6-0 shellacking in, in the first leg. And then it was 0-0. It wasn't very exciting in the second leg. But Dumbarton must just be wondering what the fuck happened to them. Where where did their season just come off the rails so dramatically? I don't know, but it's been almost orgasmic to watch. It has. Um, because it's just a club it's hard to like for some reason. I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on why, but Yeah, that fucked them, like honestly. Um it it fills me with such warmth that they got royally beasted. And you know, Annan have been there and there about for two or three seasons now, you know. <sighs> They're the best team that I've seen this year. You know, even the, the games that we played Sterling, they never really blew us away. 
Um, every time we watched Dan and I just felt like apart from maybe the last game um, you know but they were without like Tommy Goss and, and um, Johnson got injured early but you know I, I kind of feel like they probably deserve to go up to, to answer your earlier question as well I mean I, I do like the playoffs but I kind of wish it was a bit more like England whereas we had say 15 teams in the league or whatever mm. and the top two go up and then a playoff between third and fifth I think it's probably yeah. a, a fair a fairer way to look at it because I mean if you look at the 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 conference playoff that we watched yesterday oh. with with Notts County, I mean this, they had a hundred odd points yeah. that could have lost and not not going up, which I think's insanity, really. Um so I would quite like to to see obviously the leagues get expanded, but you know, we're probably gonna get stuck with this pissy yeah, project, but... so disappointing. But uh, on a on a little note, uh, the the Dumbarton Annan game, the attendance for that two hundred and ninety six. Yeah, imagine just because it was paid the gate. Imagine almost no Dumbarton fans turned up to that. Yeah. Two hundred and ninety four Annan fans were there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one man and his dog going fuck off, Farrell. Oh, I mean, like. We, we were talking about Farrell's comments before we recorded, so for anyone that hasn't heard them, Lee, share this, because this is just... Yeah. This just makes it all the nicer that they didn't go up, really. Oh, I mean, it, it goes into a complete meltdown. Um, complete meltdown, you know. The fans are entitled to say what they want, but fuck them, they're wrong, is the parentheses of that. Um, go on and watch it. I, I'll not do it justice. Having a little pop at East Fife as well in, in yeah. his comments. Uh. yeah. Oh, East Fife are happy with being in the playoffs. Yeah, we were, because we thought we were (laughs) down the bottom at one point, and it's like, it's all relative. It's not that we're going to be happy every single fucking year to finish fourth and just, like, be a participation medal or something. It's like, no, this season, fourth for us is a massive achievement. Yeah, because, and and the thing is, is we've spent within our means as well. Like, we've not gone and spent silly money on on players that we can't afford and you know there's Dumbarton you know how many times have their owners changed hands in the last couple of years yeah. how many times have their you know they've, they've went and spent you know big money they went and brought in Russell McLean in the transfer window who did absolutely nothing for them by the way so yet further proof that Lee Gillis knows nothing about football when I said we should sign him but it's, it's but, yeah. but maybe he would have thrived under our environment you just don't know maybe um, but look Dumb. The batting are shy, eh? Like they were, they were so bad to watch. Like literally, Stoke City, a, a League Two. Um, so yeah, get get it right up them. Yes. Yeah. How do you see the, the game playing out, Gordon? Like, do you fancy Annan to do it? Do you want Annan to go up to have one less big trip, or does having Clyde in the division kind of make it a little bit more tricky next year? Because they uh, are. For what you might think of Clyde, they are, in my mind, a big club that shouldn't probably be in the bottom tier of football. I mean, historically, yeah, but, you know, you're looking at it now, whereas, you know, they they don't even have Broadwood anymore. They're, they're playing in Hamilton. Who it, knows? Is that continuing? It's like, yeah. is that their permanent home well, now? Well, they're looking at getting a, a ground in Glasgow, but that will not be ready for next season. Um, you know, if you if you read a bit about what their fans are saying, they're like very sort of pessimistic. They're pretty much saying, "Well, 
even if we won the playoffs, we would just get completely beasted next season. And, mm. you know, they'll kind of feel like a bit of a team on the down. I feel like Annan would, if Annan were in League Two next season, they'd be a better team than Clydewood. Um, so I'd, because I feel like Annan deserve it, um, and I think they would be a bigger threat next year, I would probably rather see Annan go up. Um, I, I would, I'd stick my money on Annan. I think having seen both Annan and Clyde, Annan are a better team. It was interesting. Some Clyde fans were sort of saying that. Um, you know, that they thought they, the, the style of football that we played versus Annan, that they would actually prefer playing Annan. Because uh, I think, you know, they, they big centre-halves, bit of route one, bit more physical. I think, to be fair, Annan, I think that's probably a bit more what they are. They are they are good at it, but they're, they've got the big guys and they're quite direct, whereas we're, you know, we obviously kind of try and pass it a wee bit more. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe Clyde are set up to play against that a little bit, but I, I don't see Annan not winning. I think, you know, we've said this a few times, but, you know, if we did a player like Goss, I think if we did Goss over those two legs, I think we'd have beat Clyde. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can start playing that long ball. I mean, especially the first game, anytime we play the long ball, their two centre-halves are just having it. Um, but, you know, Annan's centre-forwards will be a bit more ready for that, I think. If well, we had Annan... Rennie when we tried to sign him, we'd have won that game too. Um, he just showed that that's the sort of player that he can be, but fuck him, he's a badge kisser. He's, he's nowhere near getting back to us next year, I hope. Looking at the the end of season league table, like Annan were the second highest scorers in the league with 61, but they were also like the team that conceded the fourth most goals at 51, mm. which is kind of... I guess what maybe cost him finishing a little bit higher and getting a few more points. I hadn't really paid much attention to how the table finished apart from us. I hadn't realised there was a nine point difference in the end between, sorry, 11 point difference in the end between Sterling and Dumbarton. Fuck me, they just imploded. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, there's a few teams absolutely battered them. I was saying this to yeah. Gordon, um, you know, Albion Rovers beasted them, Sterling beasted them. There was a few teams that gave them a bit of a doing. Hmm. I think it's this one, they seem like that sort of team, like, you know, if they get their noses in front, they're they're very difficult to, you know, they're just, they're built to play this sort of defensive counter-attacking. So if they get in front against you, it's really difficult, but they look like that kind of team. If they lose the first goal, you know, maybe that they are just a wee bit prone to taking a bit of a tanking because they can't sit back. They're not particularly good at playing on the front foot and they just get sort of blown away a wee bit. I think a lot of teams just figured out how to play against them. Um, I think that's a big part of what it is. Do, do you think Farrell hangs on? I mean, after so blowing that you, lead... He just I, signed a new contract. Did he? Two weeks before the end of the season, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Fuck's sake, that's an interesting one to do. In that interview, he goes that the fans were going absolutely tonto at him. Um, you know, they could shout at me, but you know, they could shout at the one. But then he's pretty much like, you know, he's five and happy getting the playoffs. Yeah, but he's five obviously also didn't have a 10 point lead at the top. 
your absolute cheese toasty. Like, <laughs> but it's like when you come out and say, "Oh, they can shout to me," it's like I don't care what they shout. The fans are just going to do all the more. Yeah, it's just, like when you come out and say up. something. Yeah. yeah, like one of the games I was at yesterday. Um, the goalkeeper had said to the fans behind the goal, "I don't want to hear anything from you, so keep your mouth shut." And it's like, well, there you go. You've just opened the floodgates for forty-five minutes of abuse, and then he got subbed off at half time. Aye, it's like going to school, kids, and just be like, "Oh, like, don't whatever you do, don't do this." And you're like, "Well, if I wasn't going to do it before, I am now." He was like, "I want you to be respectful if you say anything." It's like, you you know, this is a game of fucking football. Oh but my god! Surely, like, it's, it's all Canadians. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it's it's brutal. I, I think I told this in an earlier show, like way back in the day when I first moved over here, before the Whitecaps were MLS, we had a guy that would do like forensic detective work in the opposition keeper and get the names of his sister, dog, mother, father, phone numbers and shout all this stuff out during the game at him. I'm surprised no keeper ever just jumped the hoarding and had him for that. There were complaints made <laughs> to the league about stuff, but... It, it's not all nice here. I don't know if anyone watched Race Across the World on BBC, which if you haven't, you should. It's a fucking amazing show. You'll see, you'll watch it and go, oh, Canadians are so nice. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael, I'm going to give tell you this, right? I've, I've got to mention this to you pre-show. I'm going up the stairs on Tuesday and uh, one of the boys goes, great show last week. And I was like, thanks very much. And he was just like, can you cut the MLS pish? <laughs> No, that's going to make me do it all the more, just like the fans that's, with the goalkeeper. That's, that's exactly why I, I said that. Like, literally, my arse had even touched the seat and he was like, can you just cut the MLS pitch? This was an East Fife show. I was like, oh, I'll pass no, that on. it's a football podcast. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk MLS. I want to talk League One BC, which is where the, all the action is. Absolutely. Um, Right, the relegation promotion playoff into League Two is delicately poised. Spartans won, Albion Rovers won. Looking around, like on Twitter, WhatsApp groups of these five fans, the majority seem to not like Spartans and they don't want them to go up. And I don't quite see why. Well, I think there's like a few things. They've, they've voted for Colts. Some people don't like that. I've seen quite a few people on Pine Bovril describe them as a, an Edinburgh Sports Centre club. So <laughs> I think that's, I think a lot of that plays into that. And I think, I think a few people have a, a wee soft spot for Albion Rovers. You know, like, yeah, that I don't like get either. Bridge and, <laughs> yeah, I always so fucking it, hated going there. It seems like folk are generally pretty anti Spartans. Mm. I, I hope Spartans do it in the second leg and go up. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, loads of the people that I was speaking to um, at the, the game on Tuesday were the same. They were like, don't want them in the league. I've never been there, but apparently it's a cop. But every time I go to Albion Rovers, do you remember that guy that went viral? I was like, you've got no fans? Like, like that guy, right? All I remember is the start of the video goes, what a shit show. <laughs> every time I go to Cope Ridge, that's the first thing I see here. When I get to say, like, what a shit show. So, it's, got, it's got character. Um, Cliff wow, Nelson. That's, 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 that's a choice of words. Spartans, it's a roundabout way of saying it's a shithole, though. Spartans has no character at all. 
No, their, their previous grind was amazing. Like when we played there in the cup tie at some point, and there was the big mound of grass, and I mean that mm. was that was a grind that had character, yeah. Which I seemingly don't have any photographs of. I don't know why. I used to take photos of all the grinds. And I don't have any of that one. Um, who, who do you think's gonna to be in our league next year? Then I think I mean, Albion Rovers has got to be favourites. I think yeah. I think they'll do it. I mean, it is obviously very tight, but I still fancy them. Same like. Yeah, same. Mm. Albion. I, I think they'll do it as well, but Spartans did go up and do it at Brecon, which I was delighted with as a big fuck you to Craig Levine. But... <laughs> yeah, anything that gets up him's idea. Yeah. Although obviously Brecon's ground is nice and the, he- the hedge makes a ground have character. It's true. Not yeah. quite sure what makes Albion Rovers have character apart from it looks like it's Victorian. Oh, just because it's a shithole, yeah. <laughs> And just because you can st- stand, I mean, it's another ground where, that you can go and stand at, and I like that. Um, I mean, uh, and not just stand around the pitch, because I think Spartans is like one one wee stand, and then you just stand around. Yeah. Don't like that. Like, a and there's houses raised. all around it as well. Mm. Mm. It's like Chechnya when you go into Cope Red. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like Chernobyl. We're going to get complaints from Chechnya and Chernobyl. <laughs> Twinned with um, (laughs) Scottish Championship playoffs. I mean, let's just take a moment while we're laughing to continue laughing at Falkirk. Falkirk. Much as I fucking hate Airdrie, it's just so funny to see Falkirk not go up. There was was a a, a beautiful post on Pine Bovril. It was was when I was at the game. I was just checking Pine Bovril. So there would be some good stuff. And somebody went on and posted, oh, like, every time I look at the Airdrie result, it seems like they scored about five goals. Like, with that and the rise of the far right in Europe, what a time to be alive for Airdrie fans. (laughs) 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 Long-time listeners to this show will know that I don't like Airdrie, right? But you want to know the one thing that I will say about them is their their hybrid model is obviously working. And the absolute cojones in the board to appoint, uh, appoint is it, what's his name, is it McCabe? Please McCabe scored two goals. Yeah. Scored two goals as player manager at 28-year-old. Like, yeah. hats off to them. Like, if they, if they go up, like, absolutely fair does. Yeah, I mean, that is, like, I do love to see young managers get a shot, but yeah, like, whoa, that is a ballsy decision. Yeah. The, the other game, though, Alloa, they go into 1-0 in the lead and then they just fuck it up. They also take the lead to go 2-0 up five minutes in, Connor Salmon, and then Hamilton, my boy, Dario, good Canadian kid, gets a pair of goals, Hamilton come through 5-2. Hamilton's a team that you do feel if they go down, they're going to be in serious financial shit. Nah, yeah. the Warriors, they charge £4 for a fucking pie. £4? £4 for a pie, and it was rank rotten. Rank rotten. When, when have you ever had a steak pie in Scottish football that topped up the beef with carrots through it? Oh, so the version of food being rank rotten is it has vegetables <laughs> in it. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Oh, that's what I'm taking from it. Right? But the four pound 
Come on. Hey, I've paid four pounds. I don't expect fucking vegetables. Did I order a salad? Did I fuck? Where's my steak? (laughs) (laughs) That is classed as a salad, though, out in the West. Very true. Very true. Continental. Hmm. Like, watching the the game, I, I liked... That they had the pie stalls kind of in a weird position at the bottom of the stand. You yeah. go down the stairs. It was yeah, quite unique. But um, I mean, I didn't get a pie. Um, but I did. I did hear at half time. There's only one person on the pie stall, so the queue. Oh. Was like. Well, they right did have the like three or four, but they just only had the one open. Yeah, they only had one open at their way end. Um, I like that you can watch the game while you're queuing there. Mm. For like a big yeah. view, you go for a pie. See, fuck all. Unless Definitely. we get some state-of-the-art TVs in, beaming it down into the concourse area. You just get a mirror. Like, angle it so you could watch, look out. I like that idea. There's there's one for Lee to pitch to the board. See what I could do. Now, I know you probably don't care, but Airdrie or Hamilton, who do you want to win that one? Airdrie. Yeah, like, I mean, you've got to think about the amount of goals that Airdrie are scoring, the style of football they're having must be decent to watch. Hamilton for me are a bit of a meh. So yeah. and after charging me four pounds for a pie, fuck them, I hope they were there. I, I I want Hamilton to stay up just because of Dario. Knowing the kid since he was fifteen, wish him well, even if he does fucking score against us every time he seems to play it. Last playoffs we'll quickly get to this has gone on longer than I thought with our playoff talk, but there we go. Um the Premier playoffs. So Parik Thistle dismantling Queen's Park 8-3 in aggregate I don't know that I saw that coming but I- I'm here for it oh yeah it's massive <laughs> big time what uh, does Queen's like... Park take it doing no I I kind of feel for Queen's Park a little bit I do I do feel for them like I, I, I don't really care about that league at all to be honest unless it's about the Rovers getting pumped but that has been the most Exciting league in Scottish football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Queen's yeah. Park's last three games, right? Is that they got what got to be 5 3 by Dundee, 4 3 by Partick, and then 4 0 by Partick. So, what's that? Thir- they've conceded 13 goals in three games. I th- and that's brilliant. Um, I-, I like to see Queen's Park fuck it up. I- I've got a question for Lee. Like, this is a genuine question. So, you feel sorry for Queen's Park. But they've spent money and they've earned promotions. But Kelty have done the same, and you hate Kelty. Yeah. Cove's done the same, and you hate Cove. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, I think there's just something about Queen's Park that I've always kind of liked. I I don't rem- I didn't like them since we or some of our group got kicked out that. I was at that game. Yeah, it was me yeah. that started that as well, and I was the only one that wasn't kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any strong feelings for them. Like, I think because Kelty weren't really a, or Cove weren't really a traditional Scottish league club, and they've came from the arse end of nowhere by spending money they don't have. Whereas, like, at least with Queen's Park, they're a bit like they're like a traditional club. That's maybe probably the only reason I can think about it. And, and look, the, the money that they've got, I mean, it's the guy that used to be quite heavily involved with Celtic. Somebody was telling me actually recently that they um, 
are playing at Hamden next year. And is it Willie Hockey that's that they're oh. is mainly backing in? He's funding a retractable pitch for them to play on. It's it's just it's it's just a different kettle of fish, you know. We're we're, we're not going to compete with that. Like you say, it's probably is quite hypocritical. I me, mean, Michael, that you know, I don't like yeah. Cove and I don't, I don't like Kelty. Um, but yeah, maybe just because they're more of a traditional club. I are you talking about proper Hamden or lower Hamden? Proper Hamden. Because so why the are they grand... having a retractable pitch? There's a pitch there. Um, I can't remember why. Somebody told me recently. That makes no sense. Is it because the SFA have basically said we're not having you play on this pitch? Oh. Like we're keeping we're keeping our pitch for for Scotland games. We're not we're not having it looking like yeah. a tatty field. So what's happened with Lower Hamden? It's not, not, not finished it. Wow. Because they had started renovating it when I was over in August. No, like before that. July. Yeah. It was either like twenty twenty or when I was over in twenty nineteen. They were starting it. Uh, it's just been a bit of a shit show by all accounts. Hmm. All right. Well, that's the playoff talk over. Let's have a little look ahead to next season to, to round off the show. Um, and I'm going to thank Glenn Walker for this because he's posted all the players in position for me in a chat in the East Five Fans WhatsApp group. So it makes it nice and easy and I didn't have to do much research for this. Let's First of all, let's look at the lone players that we've got. And obviously they're all going to go back to their clubs. Just let me know your thoughts. Would you want them back? Do you think there's a chance we'll get them back? And we'll start off with Fergie. No chance. Yeah, I would. I'd love to take him, but I don't think they'll send him back to League Two. Yeah, I can't see that either. I and he shouldn't for his development. Yeah. He needs to be at a higher level. I'm I'm fairly confident he'll play championship next year. Dick Campbell was there on Tuesday, even though Fergie didn't have his best game. I'm sure that the managers like that all been watching him all year. Yeah, Darren Young was. Uh, I've seen us play against him a couple of times. Could he go and play in League One next year? Absolutely. There's yeah. There's well, Darren was there team. as well, apparently on Friday. So yeah. um, there's Let's not see a who he reads. Yeah, D- Denham. No, you wouldn't want him back. No, I like. He seems like a nice kid. Um, tried really hard, but there wasn't enough that I'd seen of him from my perspective. You know, I mean, he got released by Hearts and then re-signed um, by, by Steve Naismith. So there probably is a player there, but just from what I've seen, I, you know, I'm I'm not a professional manager, but not for, not for me. It looks, looks, like, looks like there is a player in there, but I, I, I don't think he's kind of shown enough for me to go like, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'll take him back. If he, if he comes back, fine. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a bit like that, yeah. The last three, I'll just lump them together just for time purposes. So we've got Young, Stevens and Quinn. Quinn, yes. Young, no. And I think I, I do think there is a player in Taylor Steven. If we're going to get him for next to nothing, then yeah. Um, because you've got to think of some of the younger loan players that we've had. Um, you know, like Fergie apparently played it, I think it was in City and Cowden last year and didn't do much. And then this year, one of the years of experience has been one of the best players in the league. Mm. I think that there is a, a player in Taylor Stevens, so I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he came back next year. Uh, oh, yeah, take Quinn back. Don't think we'll get him. The other two, 
Same with Denham. I mean, they're obviously talented guys. If if they come back, great. Um, but not seen enough to go. Yeah, really want them back. The only thing that for me that bringing them back would be would be you'd have the consistency and already the squad chemistry and the dynamics. But like Quinn, I think I I would take back. Young for me, no. And Stephen, if we got him on a free and he was our own player, yeah. But I think there's going to be a chance. You, there's better loan players out there that I think you can get in. And that's going to be interesting to see how the squad is built next year. How much will be dependent on loans? How much will be actual signings? Which I would much more prefer. But we also, and we touched on this way at the start of this episode, we've now got these young guys. Because at the start of the season, like when I was over in August and we're looking at the team and we're all talking about how young they were, they've now got a season under their belt, which they're no longer just young guys they're experienced guys. Maybe not super experienced, but they've got that experience. So keep the core together and then build on that. And then if we can bring some of them on and sell them on and get some money, for me, all, all the better. So that's how I'm going to be kind of looking at some of these. The goalkeepers, this Fleming, Beveridge, Rolo. I think Fleming for everyone is, yet yeah, we're never letting him go. Yeah. Um, For me, Beveridge... I don't know enough about him or Rolo really to say, but I don't see the point of bringing in a highly experienced keeper when you've got Fleming and then having that experienced keeper pissed off because he's not playing. Fleming Flem number one, younger guy um, is number two, is perfect for me. Yeah, so, I, another another kind of Gallagher coming in, experienced player, nah. Well, he's taking a wage. Like yeah. If Fleming gets injured, then you act and maybe bring someone else in. But yeah, yeah, um, I, you know, Fleming for next season is fine with me. Um, Beveridge, the the two games I've seen him, I've not been filled with confidence. I think he's looked shaky, but it's obvious because he's not getting game time, right? What I would probably say is sign him because I know that Greg um, and Lindsay rate him really highly. And I think Pat said it when he came on his episode of the show as well, that he's a he's a really good goalie. So I would probably say sign him and maybe loan him um, and then bring in like a a young goalie for Johnson or something like that as a, as a backup to Fleming. And if we had to recall Reese, then, then we can. Mm. And, and Matt, I've not seen yeah. any in the under-20s, so I don't really know. I like that idea because... The the new CPL team here in Vancouver, what they've done is they've only signed two goalkeepers. But they've got a third that's training with them all the time and then he's playing in the lower leagues. So if they yeah. ever need him, they'll sign him. But it's like the, the, there's no point giving a wage to the guy when he can go and play somewhere else. So it's yeah. a unique approach that I wouldn't be too averse to, I've got to say. Defensively, I think some of these might be more obvious than others, but like, let's start with Newton. I think yeah. he had a good game actually against Clyde on Friday. Yeah, I, th- I think he's looked good. Um, said it before. I'd, I'd be happy for, particularly now we're in League Two. I'd be happy for him to go on his first choice left back next season. Um, he's still not played a massive number of games in that position, but I think he's looked good. So yeah. Likewise, I mean, it's still still a bit to learn, but I think he's growing week by week. Happy if if he stays. Two. Veterans, 
Pat and Pagey. I keep Page and and Pat probably. Yeah, I think I'd keep both of them. Yeah, same. I like after the chat we had with Pat Slattery, Lee. I just want him around the club forever. He just yeah. like genuinely. Like, I liked the guy before. I know he got a lot of stick over the years for various things on the show. It's like after that interview, it's like that's who you want around the club. Yeah, and he's still kept positive and wants to be at East Fife when he wasn't in the mix and wasn't getting played and wasn't getting his opportunity. And that's the attitude you need in the dressing room. Yeah. I would keep Pat alone to ensure he got his testimonial. Yeah. Um, I mean, he can also play a number of positions, which is very, yeah. very useful to have. Very yeah. useful. Good utility player. Uh, and Pagey, although I wasn't enthused that he came back, I think he's actually done fairly well since he's come back. The only game he had a, a ropey one was probably Stranraer, but nobody played well. Um, but his game, um, he was fantastic the other night, by the way. He was really good the other night. Um, and also, I can't remember the, the first game that he came in. Um, that I thought he had a good game as well. You know, I don't think that he'd be our starting centre-back. Mind you, it depends what happens with some of the other names we're going to come into. But, mm. you know, I'm, I'm happy to have Pagey. Good player. Now, for some of these, it's not necessarily a case of, oh, yeah, we want him back, because it may be obvious. It's like, do you think we'll get him back? Because he might move on, clubs might come in for them, contracts ended, whatever. So, centre-backs, Denham, Steely. We'd love to have them both, but I don't think we'll keep them. Either of them? Neither of them. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll be astounded, happily, Astounded if we have either of them. I think they've both shown that they play at a high level. Um, you know, Steely particularly when he moved it to right back, I thought that that was his. Has uh, been a great a great move for him. Um, Sam Denham's a, a good player, good ball playing centre half, good with his feet, decent in the air. Um, I think that. I mean, just Denham picked up a, a, a nasty knock on. On Friday, so I mean, mm. if he's picked up an injury, there might be some clubs not wanting to take a risk on him. But I would love to keep them both, but can't see it. Yeah, I think obviously, obviously, I'd like to keep both and hope, hope that we can. But we'll see. I think we have more chance of keeping Sam than Steely. Steely deserves to be going at a higher level, and if clubs have not scouted him to sign him, I don't know what they're doing. The, the only thing, though, that might maybe work in our favour is he's got a, a chance of being the, the regular starter here, depending on who else we bring in. I would imagine he's going to be a regular starter. Some of the teams that he might go to and say League One, I don't know that he's automatically going to be a starter there, and he's maybe just going to be a fringe guy that comes in off the bench. So he has to weigh that up as well. How much playing time is he going to get if he moves up to the higher level? If you look at the lower end... Of League One, like I would not be surprised if Darren takes him to Sterling. No, I wouldn't. Um, I think I think the thing about Steely as well is, is he's he's still young, so he's he's got loads of experience um, still to come. But he's working like part time in like a leisure centre, and I think it's probably been with the view to right, I could leave that job and go back and, mm. and play full time. 
I think he deserves a crack at full time. I do. I, I could see him going to a, maybe a team like an Airdrie, maybe with like a hybrid model or or something like that. Who knows? Um, like I say, what I know about football, you create in the back of a stamp. But I, I would, I'd, I'd like to see him get a chance at a higher level. And if nothing more for him, I would love to see him stay, but can't see it. This one I'm interested for both your thoughts. Stuart Murdoch. Yes, as a squad player. Um, and it would depend very much on the salary he was going to dictate. I think oh, this is so harsh because he's been a great servant to, to his Fife and he's he is a good player, but he's probably been the player I've been most disappointed with this year. Yeah, he, um, he's had a poor year. Uh, I know he started off with an injury and everything, but he's yeah, just... look, you don't play the games that you've played and play for the clubs you've played for without being a decent footballer, right? Um, and he started his career in midfield and he's moved back to defence, but um, the, through the whole start of the season and the, the poor runs and stuff that were on the form, uh, on form, like a lot of goals were coming from his side and he went to left back and he struggled there and then he you know, went to centre half and I just I just don't think it's, it, it would probably tell you yourselves, but it would probably have been potentially his worst season for performance in his career. Um, so yeah, I was I've been a bit disappointed with with him, but he's still a good footballer. So I would like to see him stay, but I'd probably not as a starter for me. I well, he said basically. Uh I would probably agree, but I wouldn't be sad to see him move on either. And obviously, with his job, he might want to have a different kind of pace. Maybe go play non-league or something. And I don't know. It it just. Down the stretch, he wasn't the player we needed. And a year ago, if you said I would be saying, oh yeah, happy to see him go, I'd be like, what are you talking about? But yeah. And then the last defender I think we've got to look at is Lucas Williamson. Bye. Yeah. yeah don't don't know enough. This, this is the point for me, right, is there's loads of fans like kicking off um, about Williamson. And... The fact that he's gone to Saki or wherever it is he went and he's not had much of a game there probably tells you everything. Yeah. So like yeah. if you're loaned down from a league club to that level and that club's not playing you, there's reasons. Whether it's on or off pitch stuff, it's like there's reasons. Yeah. I would need to, I need to double check, but I'm sure like that when I was checking when he first went there, he wasn't anywhere near the squad. He was maybe getting into it towards the end. Um but yeah, I just not for me. What we have to look at as well is, you, if I said to you right now, the squad that we've got, if we brought everyone back, do you feel that is a squad that can win us the title next year? No. See, I don't either. So we've got to strengthen and there might have to be some very tough decisions made and yeah. it might be some fan favourites that go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you need to, if, you know, we weren't, we weren't close enough this year and look, if, if we could keep if we could keep everybody we wanted, say, you know, it's purely no other clubs come in for them and we can keep everyone we wanted, we obviously still need a little bit of strengthening. And, you know, I suppose a really simplistic way is every every player that you want to come in to strengthen the squad, someone's got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not many players who I'd be like, yeah, get him out. You know, don't want to see him back here. In fact, there's probably nobody like that. Um, but it is just that thing of, look, if we wanted to bring in this kind of player, 
we might have to move on one of these guys. I think that's what it's going to be for most positions, really. Like last season, I was happy if we blew the squad up and we just started afresh. I don't want to blow the squad up now, but we have to really strengthen in some key positions. We'll finish this bit off by, by talking about what we feel. Midfielders, like some guys, I think we don't have to spend much time talking about broken walls. Clearly, we want them back, but will we keep them? I think there's two players this year that I think that we could potentially lose and not because we want to, but because I think we'll get bids for Natus Walls and Healy. Um, if, if we go this summer without any club making a firm bid for either of those, I'll be absolutely astounded. Especially when you see some of the guys that's been released and are available right now as well. There seems to be some yeah. big name for our level that's kind of becoming available and you're like, oh, our club's like moving on and they want to go younger. Yeah. If you if you have a look at across like Pai and Bovril, I know I reference them a lot, but they're, they're a good site for, for getting general justifiers. Oh, it's a fantastic like, site. Yeah, every, every club, like after we played, they all comment on Healy mm-hmm. and what a good player he is. So... I think Walls obviously was injured for, for large amounts of the season or they'd be saying the same about him as well. But I think that you know you could probably see a team like a Ayer or, or something like that coming in with a five-figure offer for either one of those players and you've got to a club our size, you've got to go, right, okay, we'll take that. I think our biggest worry though is our growth, because I think Dick Campbell might just come and raid some of these guys because it's a club he's familiar with, he's watched us. I'll just lump these midfielders together for you, Gordon. Miller, McManus, Omar, Troughton, Walls and Healy. Um, obviously want to keep Healy, Walls, uh, McManus. Um, you know, I think I think Kieran Miller's someone who obviously hasn't really been playing and if if wouldn't mind him staying at all, but he's one of the guys that I sort of look at and go, well, if we're not going to play him, are we better moving him on and getting someone else in? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say, I'm still, I'm still not so sure that we're going to be, you know, fending off bids for Helian Walls. I mean, I, I know he draws a lot of attention, but for me, it's just that thing of, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't in the League Two team of the season. Not many people put him in it. He wasn't in the official one. Is that, you know, I think. Just generally, if, as you hit that level where aye, you're going up to championship, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if we do, but I also wouldn't be surprised if if we don't. I think, you know, potentially, potentially next season for Healy. You know, what I'd yeah. love to see him do is kind of have another full season with us. I think he can definitely go on and be that kind of player where you're like, yeah, you know, a championship team's going to the same way Charlie Riley's done. You know, have yeah. a bit of a monster season. The difference between Healy and Riley, obviously, is you look at the goals, you look at the assists. You know, Healy Healy gets a lot of attention because he's got the the footwork and he beats a man and he's so tricky. But you compare him to Charlie Riley, that's what gets you the move to these clubs when you're putting in those numbers of goals, assists. Yeah. I think Jack can do it, but I think he needs you know another year. I mean, I, I'm curious to see what happens with guys like Kane Hester and Goss, it's like do, do bigger teams come in for them because everyone wants a proven goal scorer Hester will go to Brecon 
is what I've heard. What? Dropped into Highland League? He's handed a transfer request in at Elgin. So I think he'll definitely go. And by the way, put my money, put your money now on Elgin to go down next year. Um, <laughs> so, not, not, not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, you're on top form tonight, son. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think Hester will necessarily have the ambition to go and play a higher level. He went, he went to Arbroath and he didn't really do much there. You know, that's why he ended up at Elgin. Um, you know, people keep saying, oh, he's bought a house in Forfar, but, you know, a, stog, a, a horse born in a, a stable, a dog born in a stable doesn't make a horse, right? So, um, yeah. I, this I, doesn't I, exactly I, rule out a move to Brecon, eh? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Two minutes down the road. Fuck, I'm not going that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I quite I quite think he'll, he'll maybe end up at Brecon. Somebody said he was going to get four figures a week, so, um, yeah. I think he'll go there. Just, I'll just show you my dog right Yeah. Now. <laughs> she living the life. Yeah. Um, strikers: Shepherd, Shavoni, Cunningham. Yeah, I've I've not answered the midfielders yet. Oh. So I just try to get to an end to this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. What Walls and Healy would love to keep, but like I say, I think we'll lose. Trout and I would love to keep Omar. I think when I seen him at um, the. For a game, I thought he, he actually looked decent, um, so it showed some really nice touches. I would keep him as a squad player next year. Obviously, I'd keep mm-hmm. McManus. And, and Kieran Miller, I'm a bit like Doug. Like he was a 7 out of 10 for most of the season until he started to not be and probably found himself out of the team maybe quite rightly at that point. Um, but again, you know, happy to keep him, but also would understand if he left. Did, this is my old memory. Did he drop out of the team basically pretty much after that sending off? Is that when his form really started to dip? I mean, I think he's. Uh, I think all this season, to be honest, I, th- I think from last season to this season, I-, I think his form dipped quite a bit, even straight from the start. But yeah, I think it maybe was a sending off and he, he came out of the team and he just never really got back in. And we obviously went to play a really different way. You know, we don't, we don't really have... You know, Greg's obviously decided not to go with a kind of player like that in the middle. Whereas we were before, we we're always playing somebody that's a bit more kind of defensive, a bit more, um, you know, in there for maybe winning back possession, putting tackles in. And we're not really doing that uh, recently. So mm. it's kind of not really a space. Rabin, I'd be happy to keep as a squad player if he's happy to be here. And Trouton for me was a revelation in the second half of the season. And if yeah. we can get another season like that out of him with that old head on the pitch, I think that's what we need. So up front, Shepard, Shavoni, Cunningham. This, this, these are interesting for me, and I, I really could go any of the three ways, of keep him, get rid of him, fifty-fifty. Well, the Shavoni, the Shavoni ones answered because he's signed for next season, so he's, he's, he's back no matter what. Yeah, right. he, he's back no matter what. I still think there's a player in Shiv, but he, you know we've seen it the first half of the season. He came back injured uh, after his injury, and he didn't really ever seem like the same player. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to take the splinters of Marsh and maybe say in the middle. I think mm. he'll he'll come back um, next season, hopefully a good preseason, and and hopefully his confidence comes back because I think his confidence is shot. 
So maybe the break will come at the right time for him. Um, Shep, I, I kind of love him, um, to be honest. And I, I, I get a lot of shit for this, but I like a player that will run himself into the ground for you. And he runs himself into the ground. Um, as a squad player, yes. But if we sign a striker, I can't see him making the team. So he'll maybe want to go and be the main guy somewhere else. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that I can see dropping a lowland league. I mean, maybe, but, or I mean, or maybe like if a team like Elgin lose Hester, they look to a guy like that. Although who wants to travel yeah. all the way up to Elgin? I, I think he could, he could I, also play wide. Right? I, I mean, he did he did that at the start of the season, and I thought he looked very good there. Yeah, exact exactly that, and that's oh, good. You took me. Lee's point for once, yay! <laughs> yes. So, like, I want to see him be on one of the other flanks. So if we're going to have Healy on one, I would like to see Shep another. We've seen, you can see by his assist stats this year, they could do that. If you remember the game against Elgin, the ball he put on a plate for, for Ferguson was at a stand-in. I think his work rate is good enough to play that position. I would keep Shep, but not as a number nine. And Mikey Cunningham, no. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, I think um, centre-forward is definitely one of the positions where I'd like to see us bring someone in. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'd I'd like to see Shepard move on. I think um, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of him. I think um, sometimes players like that can be quite underrated, but I like him, and I also think yeah, he can play in a number of positions, which is very very useful. So I would Cunningham. I've not seen enough of him. So I mean, I've not seen enough from him when I've seen him. Yeah, I had high but, hopes for him. The, the other two I would keep, but I would be looking to bring another forward in, definitely. I'd be happy for all of them to move on. I wouldn't like shed too many tears. I think we need to bring two strikers in. I'd like a big guy and a wee guy. Goss and Hester. There we go. Let's splash the cash. Glenn also has in his list here Mac Williamson. And I'm like, who's that? Mackenzie Williamson from the under-20s. <sighs> okay. Um, by by all accounts, is meant to be a very good player, but I've not seen anything off him to give a, a an honest opinion. But I think he's went to the Lowland League and scored goals. So, you know, at that age, yeah. Who was he playing for? Um, Cowden. Cowden. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I think it's one of these players like you know, if you got a young guy, you haven't really seen much of him. Like, yeah. Be nice for him as well to be dealing with indoor plumbing this season as well. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap this up. What what's the key areas to strengthen? Uh I'll kick this off of what I would ideally like to see, which is two strikers, a guy that can take the centre midfield by the scruff of the neck, and an experienced centre back. I think that's pretty pretty close to what I would say. It's it's still kind of the the spine of the team. Um, I'd probably go say centre forward and centre half are probably the two two main areas for me. Um, I think that the midfield has looked good. I suppose um, you know you could argue that we're going to miss miss Ferguson. I still think maybe a yeah somebody a bit more a bit more bite in there. Might help us, but yeah, I think, I think Manus gives you that. I, I think he does, and I think he does. He does that side of the game pretty well, to be honest. Um, which is why I, next, I put that. Yeah, 
we go into next season with McManus, Walls, and Trout in as our midfield three. I'm happy with that. If, I, I think yeah. as long as we've got some decent backup, like we, you know, we potentially have like Pat. If we, if we need to bring him in, um, you know, if if, if I think we, obviously this this could end up being a futile conversation depending on who we keep and who we retain, right? Because then we could be looking right. Oh, if Liam Newton goes, for example, we're going to need a left back. I, I think from from what you said, Michael, I agree. I would really like to see us sign a goalkeeper that can push Flynn. Um, not that I think he needs it, but I think that we need it. Um, you know, if if Flynn gets an injury, you know, do we have the confidence in Beveridge? Obviously, I don't know, but maybe Greg does. Um, I think we desperately need that that striker. I'd like to see us bring in, if we're going to continue to play the, the same formation, we need to have somebody that could play on a wing. So obviously it depends what happens with Healy. We've got him for one, potentially Shep for the other. But I, again, we need somebody that's going to push these guys because I think in the earlier parts of the season there was no competition for places. So I think that we need to make sure, like for example, if Newton stays, that's great. But we need to have a left back that is clipping his heels constantly to be like the second that you come out of this team, I'm going to take your space because that's what happened with our midfield. If you think about it, Pat came in was playing really well had to come out. You know, Miller was having a, a decent-ish season, couldn't get back into the team. You know, the, uh, Brogan Walls and McManus forced their way back into our side. And that's and that's when you've got that competition for places, it creates a better a better team. So, yeah, I think it will depend on who we release, what positions we really need. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that, and like I said at the top of the show, that Greg, Greg's got an eye for a player. So I'm, I'm sure that we'll do well in the window. It's a waiting game now. As Greg mentioned, they're going to be back starting pre-season training and I think he said less than four weeks, which, uh, as I said at the start of the show, is just like I can insane. tell you the dates. Oh. Um, I've got them here. So we start back in pre-season on the 13th of June and we play the first Via Play Cup game on the 15th of July. Wow. Just getting shorter and shorter. Yep, and the, the the game in the 15th, I'll make it to it, but then I go on holiday on the 19th. So hopefully we don't have any amazing draws. He's five for drawing with Dunfermline. Yeah. Rafe Rovers. Guilty <laughs> <Kelly>. hearts. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's wrap things up. We're, what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break for a, a good few weeks as well, just to let everyone unwind and recover. Um, I'm just super busy with commentary stuff for the this summer, so I'm not around tons. Um, and we obviously like to get these done in a timely manner, and we like to have three or four of our regulars on all the time. So we will be taking maybe a month or so break, maybe a little bit longer. We'll just see how things play out. Let us know what you want to see from us as well. If you want us to get some interviews done, if there's any former players that we haven't spoke to, especially I if you've got a contact. Oh. I told you this yet, Michael. So over the close season, um, we will be bringing a chat with Gordon Gilbert. Um, oh, is he committed Rich. now? Yes. Um, he said he would love to do it. I so, know nice South African. Well, that's not really surprising. Man. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think that given the career that he went on to have after he left us in South Africa and stuff, obviously part of that, that promotion winning team as well could be a, a really good chat. So we'll get a date finalised to that. Thanks to Sir Kenneth of Duker for managing to arrange that one for us. Excellent. That certainly will be a, 
an interesting chat. If there's any other guys, Glenn, you don't need to tell me about Tam McCafferty. I know, I can't find him. Um, but yeah, let us know, we'll do that. So before we go, let's have some final thoughts from all of you. If you want to share anything funny that you saw this week or whatever. Looking forward to chatting to Gordon about his time with the Kaiser Chiefs and what his favourite song is by them. Is it Ruby, Ruby, Ruby? Is it I Predict a Riot? We'll find all that out when we, we chat to him. That's the fun banter you can expect. Gordon, give us your final thoughts for this end of season podcast. Um, I suppose, well, it's just really the playoffs that's been going on. We've, we've talked about how funny it was for Falkirk and Dumbarton. Um, I suppose I'll just, I'll just highlight Queen's Park at the end. Really enjoyed that one. Really enjoyed them fucking up the league. Really enjoyed them getting papped out of the playoffs. Um, so that would be my, my let's all laugh at, my point of interest of the week. Good to see. Lee. Can you stop saying final thoughts because it reminds me of Jerry Springer and I'm still, I'm still a bit emotional. No, a bit still emotional. too raw. Still too raw. Um, look, I, I, I think this one thing I do want to call out actually was the fans um, the other night. I don't think we spoke about that. I, I did um, say they were great and they stayed to the end. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic for nine, well, 120 minutes. Um, and I think one of the things I was most proud of is typically an East Fife side that don't win um, gets a shit reception and there was none of that at all. Um, you know, even when we went a goal down, the whole fact, and you've seen how much it took out the players that all lay down when it happened. Yeah. But everybody roared to get them back on their feet. Um, they stayed behind until um, well after the game to applaud the players, and I just loved it. To be honest, I thought it was it was excellent, and that more of that next season, please. And the season as a whole, um, you know, although we didn't get the the winnings and the the playoffs, I think it should still be deemed as a success given the the squad we assembled when and you know and all of us included thought it wasn't good enough to get the position that we did, and we did do it, so. Yeah, more of the same next year, East Fife, and hopefully let's go go one better and, and win the whole damn thing. Yeah, more of the same, but better. I, I just think it's been a season of ups and downs, and emotionally it's been a roller coaster where there were times that we were worried that we we're going to get dragged into that relegation playoff dogfight battle. But I, I just want to say a big well done to, to Greg McDonald. I... Definitely doubted him at several times over the course of the season. Wasn't sure that we'd made the right appointment when things were starting to go wrong. But full credit to him, he, he turned it around. He kept what he wanted to do and, and doing it. He's He's been fantastic for us to deal with as well, which it, it's been great to have that. Not that Darren wasn't, but it's just... That, Darren was very good at that. Yeah. He was always open to, to come on the show. But, I mean, Greg was just happy to answer all the difficult questions and be very blunt and brutally honest about it. So I'm, I'm really pleased for him that he did turn it around because I did, I was thinking at one point, maybe we do need to have another change here. So, I mean, that's been yeah. pleasing to see. I think, you know, I, again, one of the many things that I got a lot of shit for was, is I really touted Greg. You know, mm -hmm. the first time round, 
and the second time round, you know, and definitely heart reeled the head for a, a lot of that because I think he's a great guy. He was a great servant to the club, and you always have that sort of emotional tie to to these sort of players. But I think what I like about him is he's he's great in his interviews. He's really candid. I, I think that I think we've got a good manager. You know, a lot of people probably deservedly maybe after the one win in ten were were calling for his head. You know, even I did start to get a little bit of doubts in my mind. You know, I think I said, you know, one win in 10 sack and form, but, you know, we stuck by him and, and we got our just rewards. And like I said, really excited to see the squad he assembles over the next few weeks. Yeah, we've got a good manager. We've got a good core of young players, some good experienced heads in there. And now we get a chance to see Greg build a squad in his making and what he wants. And that's when he can be truly judged. Hopefully we hit the ground running next year. I don't think there's anything to be afraid of in this league next season. I've enjoyed the season of, of podcasts as well. Maybe not been on it as much as I, I'd hoped over this season. But it, it's been great. I've enjoyed your guys' chat. We've had tremendous feedback and our numbers are just... We've got a, a steady like three to 400 listenership now. Which yeah. for a while we're like 2 to 220. So we've really grown so thank you all for being with us. Thank you for interacting with us on all the social media. Lee always takes charge of that, so he's very appreciative of that, I know. Um, yeah, we will be back next season. We'll be back in the, the summer as well. So we're not going to take too much time off, but we'll have a few weeks away. Let us know what you'd like us to do in the off-season as well, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. But we will be back soon, cheering on his Fife. Until then, enjoy the summer. Thanks for listening as always. And again, as always, on the five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road. Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once